coming next year. There, all the episodes are going to be ten minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a thousand of them. Yeah, actually, ten minutes. Well, actually, there could still be a thousand of them, but ten minutes. But it's like every other second, like cut up into pieces. Mm-hmm. So it would be like. Maybe if we cut it up into 10 pieces, the first second would go into the first video, the second second would go into the second video, the third second, and then, you know, round and round and round and round. I could see you're not convinced. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Why? Why would we do that? We'll think about it later. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Res. I'm here with my friend Daniel. Hi. And we are coming to you this week with a bit of a double whammy in movies, both bug-related movies, namely Ants and A Bug's Life. But before we hop into those movies, uh, we've got a couple pieces of feedback, I think some some follow-up maybe to address daniel you've got here in the show notes something about our mm-hmm. our episode on leviathan wakes yes um this is a lot more just follow-up for thoughts that i recognized didn't get finished when i was listening through the draft of the leviathan wakes episode mm-hmm. um and also thoughts that i feel like have been solidified now that i'm on to the fourth book um, I think that some of the things that you were critiquing about the book were a lot easier for me to think about after I um, divorced the ideas of story presentation and story and I haven't quite come up with a good word for this, so maybe you could help, but I was so far going with story creation. Okay. And it's a lot easier for me to go, oh, the story presentation for Leviathan Wakes and the subsequent books afterwards have had the same repeated, I I won't call them issues, but like critiques. I'll use that word a second time. Um, like there, there are things that you could critique about them in the way that they present the story. The, mm-hmm. the highlights from that episode being um, that we recognized that the authors did a little bit of um, grandiose thinking whenever you were telling it from the, from the uh, first person perspective. Um, like you just there's just like this kind of weird like nobody actually thinks or talks like this kind of language in the presentation of uh-huh. the stories um yeah and then other kinds of issues that we that we were like okay yeah this isn't the greatest thing that this book has in it but something that i don't think i got to articulate was that i really really still liked the stories that they were telling mm. even if they mm-hmm. weren't landing them which is i think why the tv show is a potentially really good way to still experience those stories, but with a completely different um, presentation format or better presentation. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if I really got to say that 
because it didn't I, I didn't have the thoughts really at the time like it wasn't clear in my head but I kind of realized that after I finished um, Abaddon's Gate I was like man the issues are still here but I still like the story man it's really cool yeah is yeah. that is that something do, do you see what I'm saying there whenever I talk about those those two different aspects of storytelling do you think that those are oh, real totally. or what totally yeah yeah, I think there's a huge difference in a story's content versus its uh, conveyance. Like the way that you tell the story mm-hmm. has a huge impact on the enjoyment of the story. Mm-hmm. But you could take a story that's got wonderful events and yeah. tell it really poorly and it sucks. Or a story with kind of boring things that happen to boring people and tell it in a really interesting way. Yeah, um, Yeah, I totally see what you mean. Okay, good. And I think that's what I was trying to say and maybe didn't say clear enough with a lot of the critiques because a lot of the critiques are more like mechanical and presentation oriented yeah. than like about the story because I also like the story a lot. Yeah. If. Okay, good. I, I just wanted to get that out there um, as just like a little like footnote to that episode in that that's I think that's a good way to think about storytelling especially in 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 the context of uh, the expanse um and if you did like the story of leviathan wakes and you would want to get it on kindle again get to abaddon's gate caliban's war was good but abaddon's gate was some top top level expanse um that's all I'll say about it as far I won't say anything about the content, but I've been, I've, okay. I've enjoyed the series thus far. You know, the one advantage of having it on Kindle is that they don't change the spine cover halfway through the series. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm aware. That drives me crazy. Well, once I get it on my bookshelf, don't look at my bookshelf. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> cool. That's all I that's all okay. I wanted to say on that. Um did you want to talk a little bit about the reason why this episode is so late? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So we're a little bit delayed because two weeks ago, uh Pax West was a thing that happened. Uh that me and Daniel and some of our other friends attended. Um and it was just like this weekend full of exhaustion and merriment and exhaustion, a lot of and, exhaustion. and games and exhaustion uh, and lines so it, and lines lines everywhere. So we just didn't find the time to record an episode that weekend, but we did find, I think, plenty of fodder for future episodes mm-hmm. um, in in way of games that are are coming out here in the next year or so. Um, as well as I think on, on my part, just had a really good time mm-hmm. being together and, and having everybody kind of reunited for, for a good weekend of, of, uh, relaxation mm-hmm. and exhaustion. It's really too bad that, um, we don't have, um, a setup in this podcast to talk about board games because yeah. those have been the most consistently fun parts of excuse me of these various pod 
uh, of these various conventions that we've gone to. Mm-hmm. And this one was no exception. We found um, we 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 played quite a few cool board games, but one especially stuck out to us uh, that I don't know if we want to talk too much about. But um, it, suffice it to say, we played it several times. Plan on getting expansions for it in the future. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's called Dice Throne. Uh, if you want to check it out on your own, mm. maybe go support the guys that make it. Uh, Dice Throne, like T-H-R-O-N-E. Um, Which is confusing. Really cool game. For the name. It's Yeah, when you say it out loud, it's more confusing than when you see it on the box. Yeah. Um, but we had, a, we had a real blast with that. That was one of the highlights for sure. Yeah. So. Speaking of checking things out, also, uh, we do have a subreddit where we post all these episodes, Mm -hmm. so make sure that if you are listening along, you go check out that subreddit and put any feedback you've got on any of our episodes into the relevant threads. Um, Daniel and I skim it every week or so, so we'd be more than happy to address anything that you guys have to say in another follow-up section. Yeah, we really need that feedback um, because we need to know where to take the show in the future. So I appreciate anybody who puts their two cents in. Daniel, do you want to introduce for us what we have gotten ourselves into this weekend? I would love to because knowing that I'm introducing it puts us closer to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. So I had had on my list for a while um, of movies that we could potentially talk about. Uh, I had, I've had Ants on there. Uh, okay. And Ants is a movie from the late 1990s. I think it was 1998. Yep. Uh, it is an animated movie from DreamWorks that was one of their very first forays into um, the tightly contested children's animation world. It's about an ant named Z, who is just a worker, a drone, who, through partially his own blunders, partially uh, uh, extreme circumstances, he goes on an adventure, falls in love, inadvertently uh, plants a seed for all the rest of his drones to have um, changes in the way that they see their world. And I could remember only bits and pieces of it. And so I wanted to watch it again. I wanted to see... What was up with this movie? Why do their faces look so weird? Why? What does you to ant mean? Um, <laughs> I think we know all too well. Oh, well, we know now. Uh, what you to ant means. And uh, we'll, we'll get into a lot more of the details of, of what that what that adventure is like. But it's got an all-star cast. Um, it really does. We're talking Woody Allen, uh, freaking Jennifer Lopez, Sylvester Stallone, Christopher Walken, uh, and my favorite, Gene Hackman. Who doesn't like Hackman? 
especially when you can feel the spit on your face when you're watching the movie. Um, <laughs> they play they play all kinds of 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 unique pieces of the ant world. Z being the 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 puny little worker ant who can't do anything. Um, Freaking Sylvester Stallone being this huge buff uh, soldier ant. Gene Hackman being the general for all of the soldier ants. Um, they're very, very characterized. Um, and I think they picked pretty good actors for, for making that characterization. Now, when we were thinking about making this episode, we decided last time that that because... Ants was the one that I ended up picking. Why not make it a double feature with the other ant-related children's animated movie from the late 1990s? Actually, the same year, 1998. And that's A Bug's same Life. Year. Yes. Yeah, released just two months apart. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. It is. It is a little bit crazy. Um, and A Bug's Life has... Uh, a similar kind of has similar elements of story that ants has, which makes it an in like a, a prime uh, candidate for comparison because they're both in the same time period, both for kids, both 3d animations. Um, it was, it was the perfect storm, but a bug's life. It follows a different ant named flick who. Um, for no apparent reason, only has four legs, but we'll get to that later, uh, whereas Z has six legs. Um, yeah, they got the anatomy a little more correct in ants for the Z. Yeah. Um, the Flick is is also kind of like a lowly worker ant, but he's at least like... he His story is is a little bit different. He's not so much trying to like change anything he also doesn't like fall into any kind of uh um, extreme circumstances like in like z and ants it's more that he accidentally um ruins his colony's crop which is supposed to be given as sacrifice to a band of grasshoppers the baddie of which is played by um what's his face oh my goodness kevin spacey, kevin spacey. Super duper cool bad guy as well. Gene Hackman and Kevin Spacey showing showing their chops. Um, and his story, Flick's story, is a story about trying to right the wrongs that he's done to put his colony in jeopardy. Um, and and uh, yeah, that's kind of the 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 quick summaries of of what's up with both of these movies. Um, and why it's it's an interesting thing to actually look at. Um, I want to ask though you real quick. When was the last time that you've seen these two movies? Hmm. Let's see. Today. Oh well, prior to to watching them for the show, I suppose. Okay, because I watched both of them today. Oh, okay. Uh. Prior to today, I think the last time I had seen Ants, if I had ever seen Ants, was probably like in high school, 
at some random point in time. Um, mm. Interesting. Just because it was like never, never even on my radar. So, growing up. so you're not even sure that you had seen it before. I'm not even a hundred percent sure I've seen it before. Gotcha. Okay. I have a feeling like I've seen it before, but I I couldn't tell you when. Yeah. Uh, as for a bug's life. This one is, is difficult to pin down for a different reason, and that's because I've seen A Bug's Life so many times <laughs> yeah. growing up uh, that probably the last time I saw it was maybe maybe in college. Okay, okay. Like, just randomly at my parents' house. Gotcha. So for me, um, both of these were like a significant refresher. I think I had only seen them in like the early 2000s. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, wow. So that was, and that's because I, I had a different setup. You you have your your younger siblings that I'm sure just like kept mm-hmm. passing the buck down to watch a bug's life. Um, yeah. And then did a do do you know do you know why maybe you did you hadn't seen ants? Was it just like never in your like your family's library or just like never passed by or what do you think? Uh, so I think the reason I've never seen Ants probably goes back to 1998. Yeah. Um, when my parents decided that we were going to go see A Bug's Life and not go see Ants. Mm. And I think they decided that because Ants, surprisingly, is a little bit more risque. Yes. In some ways. Uh, it's got some more... Uh, profanity in it than a bug's life a bug's life has no profanity whatsoever it has nothing um ants ants tries to like float this weird middle ground between being accessible to parents and children yeah and it's one of those like if you're a kid you'll watch it and you just won't understand yeah some of the things it's saying so i think whenever i was five years old my parents didn't want me watching ants um that is a sign that you had parents who were paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it whenever you were five? Yeah. Um, and oh. <laughs> I, my, my recurring note about ants as I was watching through it and in my final notes is that ants was so much more beyond the boundary than I remembered it mm-hmm. because I actually understood I think the adult humor now and it was Mm. so jarring and so Mm -hmm. uncomfortable at times. I had forgotten all about the cursing. Right. I had forgotten about some of the lines like, uh, you will be a part of my most erotic fantasies or something like that. (laughs) Like that's something that Z says to, to, um, Oh God, what was her name? Um, the princess aunt. Oh, Starts with an yeah. E. Bala, no Bala, Princess Bala. Bala. That's right. Um, and like, and like all of these, like they they were drinking out of out of aphid butts. I like never understood yeah. that. Like, yeah, it, it partially made me somewhat horrified for my younger self. Like, what happened? Or did anything happen? Right. Um, right. Did I like get corrupted by this, <laughs> or something? Um. Because it does not strike me as a children's movie. It does... Right. The only things that I think worked for me as a kid was that, ooh, there's ants, it's pretty lights, and 
they go on an adventure but like there was some some top level adult stuff in this movie <laughs> yeah there was some truly like you're saying jarring things that happen in this movie that if you're going to watch it and you expect a kid's movie yeah you'd be like wait did he seriously just say that <laughs> like i think at one point the the big soldier aunt who's z's buddy says like something along the lines of basically stop being a little bitch yeah yeah somebody said uh, which i think somebody said bitch in the movie at some point right yeah, yeah. he did say that like he used the word bitch and whenever he said that i like my eyes widened open a little bit more like what is about to happen in this movie um yeah it's really really interesting i don't did you go through and look at the the whole like history of the feud yes between dreamworks and and pixar about their bug related projects Yes, which is something that I was vaguely aware of before I picked this, but then only like mm-hmm. today did I actually dive into what those what that was all about. Um, yeah, the you can maybe correct me while I tell the short version of it, but um, at some point, Disney and uh, dude, the dude, the guy who directed this, what was his name? No, not the guy who directed this. The guy who was in charge of some big wig at DreamWorks. They had like a split. Ah, here it is. Katzenberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Um, Whenever he left to go work for DreamWorks, um, a lot of the, the industry like personal ties that normally persists, that makes it that way people will work together in the future on things or just generally positive professional connections just withered away. And there is a lot of distrust between Katzenberg and the Disney executives that he used to work for. And whenever Ants was announced as being a thing that was being worked on and everybody already knew that A Bug's Life was already in production, it immediately made people like really suspicious of each other from both sides of this mm-hmm. um the disney people were like we've been working on this thing for a million billion years you must have just had this from when you were here uh or you must have just been casually talking to some executive about this and then decided to try and poach the idea um and he maintains that that's not what happened um up to this day um and the very end of the whole segment after they were about to get released was this chaotic war, uh, as it's been described for who was going to have the more dominant release schedule because, um, they would use their other movies for each of those two studios as kind of pawns to move around, to try to like take, over audience for the other movie until the dates were finalized and nobody could actually mess with them anymore. Um, in the end, the uh, both movies today are viewed, at least critically, as actually quite similar. They both have similar ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and other review sites, um, but Ants did substantially worse um, in the box office than A Bug's Life and uh, uh, and other Disney-produced 
content at the time. Um, so one could say that by the end of the feud, Disney had the upper hand. But then you remember that a couple years later, DreamWorks had Shrek, and you're like, who did win? <laughs> None of us uh, did, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is Shrek the, the straw that breaks the camel's back here? We don't need to go into Shrek. We don't need to go into Shrek. Just giving a little bit of historical context. Um, yeah. Was that generally how the feud went, though? Did I did I miss anything there? Uh, I mean, from my cursory readings of it, that's that's what I understand as well. Um, I think it's interesting for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of which being like the whenever Katzenberg was at Disney, mm-hmm. the number of like of productions that he oversaw at Disney mm-hmm. were wildly successful. Um, just to name a few, like Little Mermaid, oh wow, um, The Lion King, <sighs> um, yeah, there were some like he was overseeing for for Touchstone Pictures that I can't quite uh, think of off the top of my head. But whenever he left, he left in part because he had a falling out with uh, Eisner who was the CEO of Disney at that time, Mm. uh, over the fact that he was basically trying to... He was basically gunning for a position directly under Eisner. Mm -hmm. And Eisner was like, don't worry, I really like you. Like, you'll definitely get the position as soon as it's open. And then, like, a year later, the guy who was in that position that, that Katzenberg wanted died in a helicopter crash. Oh, that's a bit spooky. Uh... And instead of giving Katzenberg the the raise up into the position that he wanted, Eisner just like absorbed the responsibilities of the position. Ooh. Um, yeah. So there's like this this whole bad blood going on there. So Katzenberg quits in like 1994 or 95, and then goes and makes DreamWorks Animation Studio, which Ants is the first animated movie that dreamworks had made um and they did it by like purchasing an existing animation company Mm. and basically just like sparing no expense to get this thing out the door as quickly as possible um Mm. because in his accounts even though he says he didn't take the idea for a bug's life Mm -hmm. he does admit to having several conversations with john lassiter about a bug's life yeah yeah um, so he was like aware of the idea, which I feel like awareness of an idea is almost the same level of like, I don't see how you could be aware of a bug's life and then make ants and claim like, I didn't steal that idea. <laughs> yeah, I just knew about it. And I made a, another ant related movie with the protagonist who wants to change his society. And honestly, that feels like one of the. I'm not going to call it flaws, but like one of the tripping uh, ways that you could trip up in this industry is because everybody's mm. as close as they are and they'll just sometimes talk about things. Um, the the Disney dude that, that Ratzenberg was... Oh, God, what was his name? I said I think I said it wrong again. Anyway, the DreamWorks dude, Katzenberg. Mm-hmm. I said Ratzenberg. Katzenberg. <laughs> rats and cats the the disney dude that that katzenberg was talking to could have even 
done that on purpose. Like it could even have been at that level where like, well, how do you that how do you weaponize an idea like that? You make it so that way if somebody's aware of it and they ever try to do anything, then then you you pull you pull the, mm-hmm. the rug out on them or whatever. And in this particular case, he did do something with it, probably. Um, yeah. And so the intrigue gets deeper. Yeah. Well, and he whenever he left Disney, um, the the executives of Disney basically didn't give him any of his like severance pay and he ended up suing them for reportedly settling out of court for 250 million dollars jesus yeah so a very acrimonious split and like you were saying like both both companies were trying to like poach release dates from one another so disney ended up releasing a bug's life the same weekend that the prince of egypt was released which is tragic which was a dreamworks dreamworks movie um and so they poached a lot of sales from dreamworks doing that which it is tragic because prince of egypt is a great movie um but it is really interesting and this is also like early early pixar as well right so the only animated movie pixar had made before bug's life was toy story Mm -hmm. um and this is like the era when steve jobs was still heavily involved with pixar so he was in this this mix as well which is just fascinating another guy who was in the mix i don't know if you saw this or not was paul allen yeah yeah wait Um, he was uh microsoft right yeah he was the co-founder of microsoft and he gave 500 million to katzenberg to start the dreamworks animation oh wow uh division so there's like this this whole like disney versus katzenberg fight going on but then there's like this even weirder larger apple versus microsoft fight going on yeah in this in this entertainment arena i did not know that Um, paul allen was there that that does like oh my goodness that adds a lot it makes it weird on every level but it also like in some very strange way to me at least makes a ton of sense that you could say that like ants is more microsoft and a bug's life is more (laughs) apple (laughs) yeah 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 depending on who you ask but yeah um let's just say that ants is more linux no god no i wouldn't demean linux like that (laughs) see that's the problem here so whoever we assign to ants loses let's let's talk about that for just a second since we were there by the way um yeah all of this background super duper cool um there's got to be some kind of book or, or or something that that goes even deeper with this that we should find somewhere because i mean i'd read that book that'd be really fascinating did we we are kind of joking about it even though both were received critically about the same would, would you receive them both about the same no i agree i would not and i think this is maybe a case where on the day they came out yeah so so ants came out two months before a bug's life yeah and i think if the order had been reversed i think bug's life is a stronger movie than ants Mm -hmm. and managed to still get 
high critical acclaim despite the fact that an animated movie starring ants had just been released two months prior yeah because it's a better movie i think if the order had been switched Mm -hmm. ants would have been severely like the the critical feedback on it would be severely diminished i'm trying to think of Um, other movies that have been released that were clearly supposed to be like a derivative that still mm-hmm. met with like a pretty large audience. I just can't think of any right now. There's like all those knockoffs, like uh, the Legend of the Titanic, but like real. <laughs> y- you know what I'm talking about from JonTron. Yeah. Just something here's, on that level. One. Oh yeah, go ahead. Here's one. Uh, a contemporary example, uh, and it, it it's not quite the same, but the whole um, DC. cinematic universe versus the marvel cinematic universe i think is another kind of example of like there's this one studio that's doing this thing and it's very successful so another studio kind of hops on the bandwagon and says oh we can do the same thing and be successful but it's just kind of a pale imitation yeah yeah exactly and dreamworks excuse me dc doesn't have the luxury of going first like dreamworks did right um, exactly um yeah so i don't know um uh, although i will say i think that the nolan batman movies are better than almost any marvel cinematic universe movie coming out but that's a different topic entirely yeah i i, w- I would agree with that assessment um except maybe i should say that i don't agree in case we decide to do that so that way we have an interesting episode um right yeah speak whenever we do the entire dc cinematic versus marvel <laughs> cinematic universes exactly in a one two-hour episode exactly <laughs> um i totally concur with my feelings about ants um i honest to god went into this with a much better memory of that movie than when mm-hmm. i came out of this process um I, what do you mean by that? I, I have no idea what that means. Let me try. I think maybe I just didn't say that well. Um, I thought that I was going to actually really like Ants, but then okay. watching it again, rem, not reminded, but really probably opened my eyes to a lot of the cringe factor that was in Ants. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was I wanted to do this episode thinking that I could do a decent job of playing the Ants fan. But I, but I, but I just can't. Um, you just can't. I just can't. A couple positive things that I can say about ants, though, before we get too far down, um, beating it down. Um, it, it, and Bugs Life, they're both very good-looking movies, considering when they came out, in my opinion. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop you immediately. <laughs> okay immediately i disagree <laughs> okay then we can't actually I think play different I, parts <laughs> i can't even give ants that i'm sorry i'm sorry but it is a visual atrocity <laughs> like no joke no joke I so so I watched I watched them in the order that they were released in. I watched Ants first, and then I watched A Bug's Life. And the whole time I'm watching Ants, I'm like sitting there, 
broiling inside thinking like is bug's life gonna look this bad like is my memory of bug's life so rose colored that i made it look good in my head is it gonna actually look like this i it was a huge sigh of relief when i played bug's life i was like no this actually does still look good so i would still give a bug's life um the win as far as looks go um i I guess i should maybe rephrase it and say that i was I was surprised at, at how not bad it was. I thought that because both of them were still kind of like, it was early 3D animation. They pretty much nailed like lighting and shadows, but textures and and oh, models yeah. were not quite there. Um, yeah. And so I think that they both, I was both, I was surprised by both. Um, so before we keep going, like I really want to address this point. Yeah, sure. Because I think it's important to to paint a picture of why I reacted so strongly sure. to that. Even disregarding the fact that the texture quality was not very good with ants, um, the color palette was so bad for like the entire like basically every segment that they were in the anthill it was like just constant brown on brown it was the gears like of they went for colors. way too much it was horrible it was so muddy and like you couldn't distinguish anything from anything else um mm. and it like to me it clearly showed the inexperience of dreamworks at this time mm-hmm. because like i think one of the things that makes bugs life still look good even today it still is passable even today, in my eyes at least, is that they they understood the limitations of the medium better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they didn't do certain things that wouldn't look good or like wouldn't hold up over time that I think ants did do, mm-hmm. um, such as like trying to do too much with water effects, mm-hmm. um, trying to like have more expressive faces on the ants. Yeah. Um, they do a better job with like using form and color mm-hmm. to to differentiate actions rather than like trying to make things look real. Yeah. Um so like I it was just something that like that really struck me as being kind of amateur on the part of DreamWorks and that there's two other things that I think really play into this, honestly, yeah. which is that uh, the budget for Bugs Life was anywhere from three to two times higher mm-hmm. than Ants, depending on the estimate you use for the Ants budget. And Ants was originally scheduled for a like spring 1999 release. Yeah. Yeah. And it got shoved backwards to September 1998. So that's a huge chunk of time to take out of, like, mm-hmm. rendering. And, like, you, you could see it. Like, there were no... Every <clears throat> texture was flat Yeah. in in Ants. Whereas, like, at least in Bugs Life, they had some, uh, some, like, specular shaders and some depth maps going on. Like, things had texture to them. Yeah. Um, anyway, just... Another... It was just something that, like, I really noticed and really bothered me yeah. when I watched Ants. Yeah, yeah. I completely interrupted your list of three things. Sorry for interrupting on that point, but it was, I think, <laughs> one that I 
I needed to express myself on. <laughs> um, the only thing that I would add to that is, is aside from that, yes, A Bug's Life had far, far better still frames that you could point to and say, this looks really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Is that uh, I think one of the things that elevated A Bug's Life up was that there was just a better artistic direction for the movie pretty much all around um you attributed that to some to color choices but i would also go to say um particular uh choices in um how the characters were animated was also Mm -hmm. uh, a stark difference a bug's life did a lot more um like real uh, I was about to say real human things to do, but they're ants. Um, real, like, living things things to do. Like, there were just people, like, doing things in the background or, like, like tossing things to each other to, to like, to, to move the food around. Whereas ants had, had fairly staccato um, motions and, mm-hmm. and actions that they would take, mostly to move along... Um, whatever plot needed to be moved along. I think the 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 really easy to point to defining one was uh, whenever the foreman guy in ants took the pickaxe and like slammed it into the wall and walked away, and then just started like talking mm-hmm. like he just didn't do that. Um, <laughs> right. That's that's cool. <laughs> You're just moving a little plot along um, here. Right. This 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 didn't have a, an artistic reason other than to, to move the story. It wasn't telling a story or building a world necessarily. There were a lot more yeah. of those differences too that I think are really important for nailing um, uh, a, a good movie to watch. Like especially a good animated totally movie agree. to watch. Totally agree. I think that the Bugs Life team thought of it more as a film. Yeah. Like I think that there was definitely on the DreamWorks side some stumbling over this this new way of storytelling um and i think that the bugs life team like they they had a better idea of how to do mm-hmm. this kind of a story i think it also like shows itself in something like the fact that there were there were bloopers for a yeah. bug's life at the end yeah which is cute. so funny because like those are entirely constructed things yeah um but it just shows like how much better the personification of the characters were, how much more I think Pixar was applying like just solid film principles to the creation of yeah. A Bug's Life. Yeah. Uh, and thinking of the world beyond the screen um, rather than like you're saying with Ants is very much like I think trapped by on, on some hand like too much realism quote-unquote with what ants would do yeah uh but also like a slave to the plot of like they had a very complex villain motivation yeah and we can get into that uh but that like overshadowed so much else yeah in the movie i thought yeah um the 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 thing that uh what's his face the generalissimo uh he had a he had a great name. What was his name? Mandible, General Mandible. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
his 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 whole reason for um wanting to marry the princess uh his attitude towards the workers um all of that was was definitely out of the scope for most children's movies um Mm-hmm. And even out of the scope for most coherent movies. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. That being said, I, I actually did really like Mandible. Um, I thought most of the time his scenes were were uh, exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you had uh, his trusty sidekick, Colonel K- Kata, in the... Kata? in the in the room too which he was pretty good even though you heard christopher walken you smelled christopher walken from a mile away watching that movie oh um yeah so even though they tried to push a really complicated set of motivations on the the antagonists in ants it at least i liked the scenes they were fun sure oh yeah yeah, there were definitely some fun and funny moments to be had. What do you think about um, Kevin Spacey and the Grasshoppers? To, to contrast. I, so, yeah, so I actually didn't even know until I watched it today that that was Kevin Spacey. Oh, um, nice. I guess, like, growing up, I just never cared. Uh, I think that the Grasshoppers are very clear cut villains Mm -hmm. like they're just bad guys because they're bad guys like they have no no vast overarching plans of why they're doing the things they're doing it's very Mm -hmm. simple which i think is great for a kid's movie because you want it to be simple it's also fine if you're an adult because then you you get it there's no like it doesn't invite all mm-hmm. of these questions in that having a really complicated villain in a children's movie does. Yeah. So I think they're fine. I think they're they're also like very entertaining, very menacing. I like how even within the grasshoppers there's some variation in personalities. Mm-hmm. So you get like Hopper who is the big bad guy and is truly evil versus uh, his brother Molt who is like the bumbling idiot. Uh, like the crony henchman yeah and then you've got like you've got um the one that's basically a dog thumper oh yeah who's just like rabid and wants to you know eat and attack everything yeah and then you've got the dumb henchman like so you've got all these different villain stereotypes that are playing off of one another yeah um that i think made them like more of a an interesting unit yeah than um in, in Ants, he really had Mandible, who was, like, the driving force of the whole movie and the only guy that seemed to really have an opinion. And then mm-hmm. you had Cutter, who was just, like, his his lackey for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, the grasshoppers from A Bug's Life legitimately terrified me whenever I saw it as a kid. Um, yeah. So they did good there. Um, I was especially scared, even even kind of this time, um, with the whole scene where um, Hopper takes out his his anger on some of the other grasshoppers. Um, mm. I thought that some of those other moments, some of those moments like that, were 
were good at enforcing just how bad he was supposed to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mandible was so much more understated because all of his actions for the most part were uh, the the um, mobilizing general's power rather than the um, uh, inspirational general's power. Like he, he wasn't like mm-hmm. rattling his spears. He had like one speech maybe, but it was like 10 seconds long. And most of the time mm-hmm. he was just like laying plans to do his evil stuff rather than like actually doing his evil stuff. So yeah, it was a different kind of bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, and it lent itself to a different kind of story arc and a different dramatic tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's most clearly reflected in their each villain's exit from the movie. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting contrast that we can talk about later. Yes, yes. We can we can hit that guy up towards the end there. Um, so I clearly made a, had a wrong opinion about how the movies looked. Um, did you have any wrong opinions that you wanted yep. to root out? No. Do you have any additional opinions that you'd like to root out? Was that all the nice stuff that you had to say? Pretty much. It it looked okay. okay. Um, Mandible was cool. Uh, then I can start whinging about the other details. Okay. Um, let's see. I liked... I thought that ants had more opportunities to be more engaging for adults. Yeah. Um... There were certain scenes in Ants that I thought were pretty funny. There were other certain scenes that I thought were super off-color and, like, would never want to see again. Yeah. Um, so the highs, I think, may have been higher, but the lows were definitely lower. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and, and A Bug's Life, it's still, like, it's simple humor, but it's still funny. Yeah. So... It's not the funniest thing I've ever seen. They got a lot of mileage um, out of the walking stick. They did, yeah. So that's yeah. That's There's... that's how you calibrate. I feel like you should mm-hmm. go in knowing that they make every possible joke about the walking stick insect character, and yep. it's still pretty funny. But that's about yep. the level There's that it goes. There's plenty of plenty of slapstick there, and there even are some like clever back and forth bits yeah um like between the grasshoppers and that kind of thing but as far as like humor that uh is adult centric ants had much more of that um like the the whole scene where they're getting ambushed by the termites in this weird vietnam style uh combat scenario that was so much just bizarre (laughs) And it may be funny for, like, unintended reasons, (laughs) but I found that to be absolutely hilarious. Because they literally Uh, had Danny Glover, like, (laughs) play a black ant, like, going into Vietnam. You could basically hear Chosen Son playing in the background as they get, like, covered in acid and, like, torn to shreds. It was, like... What is it's going bizarre. on? <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I've got really anything else to say positive about ants. Yeah. Uh, 
it was it, it's a it's definitely a period piece that hasn't held up well over time yep it'll go into the annals of history and hopefully no one will watch it after a certain period of time <laughs> hopefully do you want but you know it served its purpose it uh it paved the way for greater things like shrek and shrek 2 true true nothing else happened after shrek 2 nope <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to move into the spoiler section sure yeah let's let's talk up some spoilers for these movies that are <laughs> 20 years old hey hey man <laughs> respect the institution that's right we've tried so far let's we'll keep trying i'm gonna go get some mochi and some more water yeah i'll get some more water too i'll be right back okay okay Whee! all right everybody we want to thank today's non-sponsor cash for not sponsoring the show cash is a great utility it allows you to buy and sell goods and services it works anywhere in the world you don't even need an app for it you don't need a, an app called cash all you need is actual cash that's right cash you can use it on just about anything you can buy you can give it to friends for free in person that's right up to and not including $10,000 can be exchanged freely between any two parties in the United States without having to report it to the Federal Trade Commission. So, we want to thank again Cash for not sponsoring the show and not needing to be an application that you use to send money to your friends after they buy you coffee. And today's other non-sponsor is Aphid Beer. Aphid beer is the perfect avenue to bad decisions. Decisions like leaving the colony in search of something you may never find, or trading places with your friend without any kind of reasonable explanation, or challenging a more powerful and maniacal foe without thinking through your plan in any way. So what are you waiting for? Head on down to the drone level to give aphid beer a try. Aphid beer. Why drink out of any other anus? Okay, Riley, let's let's give our spoiler listeners a little overview of both of the movies, um, just that way people know kind of the the events of of what happened if we refer to them. Do you want to go first with a Bugs Life? Sure. Yeah. So, very quick summary of a Bugs Life. For all three of you who grew up in DreamWorks households and were deprived as children of seeing this wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, it's about a an ant named Flick, who's kind of an eccentric inventor, maybe Elon Musk type ant of his day. Always coming up with new things that nobody quite understands or appreciates until he has a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. um, he... And all the other ants are preparing for the arrival of the grasshoppers by gathering all the food they can to appease them. Sort of like a gang protection style 
uh, a tribute to the grasshoppers. And he accidentally, with one of his inventions, completely ruins the harvest, loses all of the food. And so the grasshoppers say, like, well, we're going to come back here when summer's over. You better have food for us. Otherwise, we're going to, we're going to, like, wreck you all. <laughs> so the ants get back to it, trying to, to regather as much food as they can. They're kind of in despair because they don't think that they'll have enough to make the grasshopper gang happy. Um, but Flick has this idea to go out and recruit some warriors to fight the grasshoppers when they come back rather than try to appease them. Uh, so the princess decides, you know what, we don't want you here anyway. Go ahead and leave the colony and go to the city where you can find some warrior bugs and bring them back to fight. And so Flick leaves and ends up recruiting a circus troupe to come back and fight off the grasshoppers. He doesn't tell all of the ants back at the anthill that they're a circus troupe and instead just tries to cover this up um, by coming up with an even more elaborate plan to fight off the grasshoppers, which involves building a giant mechanical bird and using that to scare them away because the leader of the grasshoppers is afraid of birds. Um, when the grasshoppers finally come back, they are scared away by the bird until it collapses. <clears throat> they realize it's a fake. And so they, they storm the anthill and start taking people captive. Um, Flick fights with the, the main leader of the grasshoppers in the storm uh, that that's going on. There's there's a giant rainstorm that happens, which is bad if you're a bug because raindrops are very giant. big and you are very small. Um, so everybody's freaking out because of the rain, and and amongst all of this this chaos, Flick manages to lure Hopper to an actual bird's nest where he gets eaten by a bird and her cute little babies. Um, Rip. And then the anthill celebrates him and the circus troupe as the true heroes that they always were. Believe me, never were not heroes <laughs> and never, never made any real mistakes. Um, he gets the girl, the princess, to fall in love with him along the way. And basically everything is, is happily ever after. Now that the ants don't have to feed the grasshoppers they have more food for themselves and now that flick has proven himself he uh he gets to be an inventor to his heart's content um one last thing to add on to the end how did they celebrate the grasshoppers leaving what did they do to celebrate the grasshoppers leaving yep What are you trying to get at? They catapulted blades of grass mm. into the air, which exploded when they slammed into each other for some reason. There they created fireworks. They created ant fireworks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's honestly one of the best parts of the movie, is that they mm -hmm. were like, ta-da, plus explosions. <laughs> Somehow, out of they grass. They did that to send off the circus troop. The circus troop left the ant colony 
or went to go perform oh, yeah, their true. their act. So the the ants gave them a proper send off with fireworks and everything to close out the movie. Yeah, sorry. I just got all of that ran together, you know. I was just so euphoric. Right. Yep, it was a pretty long final orgasm there. <laughs> Speaking of final orgasm. Yeah, go ahead I'll and tell, tell you a little us. bit about ants. Yeah, Daniel. So that that's my summary of a bug's life. Yeah, 140 characters or fewer. Tell me about ants. What happened? So, imagine Woody Allen has an ant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no, um, ants also starts off uh, in an ant colony when they're doing a uh, rather large um, public works project. It's centered around uh, uh, one particular ant named Z-4195, also just known as Z. The only character referred to um, with a number. Everybody else has an actual name. Yep, for some reason. And he is a worker ant. He just lifts dirt and moves it somewhere else. Um, and he doesn't really like his life. He often wishes that he either was free of the colony or was a was a uh, soldier ant, because then at least he didn't have to lift rocks all the time. Um, so generally not very content. The other players are one of his friends named Corporal Weaver. Now he's a big soldier ant played by Sylvester Stallone. There's also the queen of the ant colony who is just constantly giving birth, which is actually kind of disturbing. <laughs> and her daughter, Princess Bala. Princess Bala is engaged to uh, the head of the army for the ants, General Mandible. And Princess Bala is learning how to be the queen in preparation for her also giving birth perpetually. Um, Z, after sharing his discontent with his friend Corporal Weaver, hatches a plan to switch places with him in an attempt to change his life, see the princess who he has a crush on, who knows. That's after and the so, beer scene. Do you want me to say the beer scene? I think it provides some motivation for why they want to switch. Sure. The princess also doesn't like the prospects of giving birth perpetually. So she let out some steam by going down to the worker level without her crown on to just have fun. And that's where she met Z. And they danced. Uh, I think that he grew to like her. She saw it more of just like a, a passing like relationship. They weren't, she wasn't really liking him necessarily. But he, she at least knows who he is now. And that all stirs Z's feelings for wanting to have some kind of change in his life. Um, he, wants, he, he wants to have a little bit more power over what's going on. So that's one of the reasons why, in addition to wanting to see the princess as a soldier, uh, he also just wanted to see if that could change his life a little bit. Um, so... 
Unluckily for him, but luckily for Weaver, the reason that the soldiers were going to get to see the princess is because they were doing a march, a ceremonial march, as they go off to do war with the termites, who are comically close to the anthill. <laughs> the mandible says that we need to kill off all the termites for some reason so he's sending all of the soldiers to go and fight the termites um and this is where that that battle scene with uh uh danny glover's character happens just mass chaos z is a terrible fighter but he manages to be the only surviving ant they decimate the termites, but at great cost. He comes back to the hill and is touted as a hero by General Mandible and is shown to the crowd and Weaver finds out that even though he knew that everybody ended up dying after the fact, uh, he found out that Z survived and he's like, oh, that's awesome, Z is still alive. Everything else is great. Um, Z is also brought before the queen and Princess Bala, who he recognizes, and she recognizes him. Gets kind of awkward. Uh, Bala's escapade to the bar is exposed, and Mandible is upset. The queen is upset. There's chaos. Z takes Bala hostage, so that way he doesn't get murdered. And... They fall down a garbage chute and out of the ant colony. Um, this is not very good for Z. He has kidnapped the princess who Mandible uh, wants to marry and who the queen doesn't want to be kidnapped. So he ends up just saying, I'm, I'm not going to be here. I've heard this story about this. This magical land that I can go to called Insectopia, where I'll be a lot more happy than being in this stupid colony. So he, he she's like, what? And then he's like, bye. And then he <laughs> walks away and leaves her in the, in the desert. And she's like, I can't get back to the colony. You have to take me back to the colony. So she follows Z. Um, and lots of hijinks happen. They have adventures as she tries to convince him to take her back, but he's like, nah, and then bad things happen and they save each other from being killed by all the things that are outside the colony, like uh, a, a fly swatter, a dude walking around, squishing insects. Um, there's, oh, they actually, they actually got in trouble when they fell into a pool of water. Like that was also a bad guy. Um, so they're not terribly capable as a duo surprisingly enough though they actually find insectopia and what it is is it's just a garbage can which insects love because there's crap everywhere so they actually by the by that point i think princess bala is actually pretty set she's like actually i kind of like it here too now this is where our Lord and Savior, Christopher Walken's character, comes in the play. Colonel Cutter is uh, General Mandible's right-hand man, and he is ordered to go find Princess Bala and take her away from Z. Actually, I think he's said to kill Z if he finds him, um, which Z doesn't die. 
Cutter finds Bala and just like whisks her off. It wasn't actually that hard. Um, and Z is like, what just happened? We were just hanging out. It was fun. I was getting to know you. I was getting to like you. Um, but he knows that he has to go back and save her because he feels he likes her. Um, and Bala's kind of upset with the general when she comes back. She's like, I found Insectopia. It was actually really nice. Why did you take me away? And then he's like, because I have really big plans for you. And that's when we find out that General Mandible wants to cleanse the colony and get rid of all of the weaklings, a.k.a. the workers. And he's going to do this by flooding the, the colony chamber while they're all inside it. Gestapo style. Just murder everybody. And she's like, I don't like that idea. That sounds terrible. And he's like, you're going to really like the idea because you got to come with me. And so he takes her and uh, they and all the other soldiers basically block them out or excuse me, block them into the chamber. And the workers who are diligently digging this tunnel inadvertently start to flood the chamber. Z is finally gets back. He's like, I got to save everybody. This plan is terrible. They're going to kill everybody. So he gets in there and he's not able to do like anything. Um, they just, the chamber just starts filling with water and everybody's like, oh no, we're totally going to die. But then Zia's like, I will all of a sudden have fantastic abilities to lead many people. And so he's like, everybody listen to me. I'm the guy who you know sometimes. And we need to build a tower to get out of here. And then all the other ants are like, why didn't we think of that? No, the and quote so, is, we'll build a ladder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll build a ladder. Wait, let me, let me say that more Woody Allen-like. We'll build a ladder. <laughs> no, that's not very good. You can cut that out of the final version. So... They do. They start to build a ladder, and all the soldiers are up top. They're getting a speech from General Mandible, and he's like, we did it. We finally killed everybody. Hooray. And then everybody's like, hooray. Um, but then the worker ants emerge out of the ground, their giant tower uh, faltering, not able to make it quite all the way. And then General Mandible's like, what are you doing? This isn't super good. And then he's like, Cutter kick them off so that way they can't get up here and then Cutter's like no I've learned a lesson I do not want all of the worker ants to die and then Mandible's like what do you mean and then Cutter basically like wait no does Cutter kick him off no Cutter helps Z back up ah, and then helps Z up Mandible like punches Z they get into a fist fight that involves yeah. both of them then falling back down the hole where the ladder yeah. is uh and cutter or not cutter um mandible hits a tree root and presumably splat nice. dead yeah whereas z falls in the water and gets saved yep and then all the workers are saved and the colony is saved and uh bala and z get together they love each other and uh, they live happily ever after presumably bala giving birth perpetually it's a perpetual birthing myself. machine. Yeah. So, clearly, just listening to me give the summary, 
a lot more happens in ants. Just they go to a lot more places, you're moving a lot more, almost to the point of running out of breath. Yeah. Um, but um, I was going to ask, we didn't get to, we, we, we might want to speak a little bit to some of the specific characters in this movie, especially the two princesses. I wanted mm-hmm. to get your take on their portrayal, both how they were portrayed the same and how they were portrayed differently. Okay. Uh, remind me of the Bugs Life one. What was her name? Her name was uh, Atta. A-T-T-A. Atta. Princess okay. Atta. I thought it was Anna, but no, it's Atta. Okay. Um who was played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Great, great yep. portrayal there. Uh, Atta versus Bala both have ridiculous names, so there's one way yep. they're similar. Both are expected to take over for the queen of the colony. Um, however, Atta's assumption of the mantle of queen has a little bit less gross constant birthing associated with it than uh, Bala's does. I I think they don't even touch upon that. Like the queen in Bug's Life, she's basically just like the the royal monarch. Um, Not like the physical source of all of the ants. (laughs) (laughs) Which is gross. (laughs) Gross. Um, that, That all being said, though, I think that Bala's character surprisingly was a little bit more forward thinking in terms of like uh, feminine identity uh, Mm -hmm. in that she like did more things for herself and made more decisions Mm -hmm. for herself than than Ada did. Ada kind of was more of a supporting character. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she she was dealing with like learning how to be a leader um and it's not that she didn't have much agency because she did like she Mm -hmm. she had many times where she had to assume responsibility for mistakes which were not hers um and make hard choices about what the next thing the colony should do was without Mm -hmm. knowing if it was right or wrong uh but in her like relationship with flick um that that was a little bit i think forced like they didn't really spend too much time developing the relationship between those two characters and so she just kind of like at some point starts to like him and he starts to like her back and so they flirt a little bit and then end up like being together by the end of the movie whereas like with bala she was like from the start doing things that she wanted to do um, yeah. like sneaking out and going to the bar and dancing with this guy and having no intention of ever seeing him again um, and like not sure that she wants to to be with this general dude and so she like goes on yep. this adventure and she's just I guess a little bit more independent the whole way um, mm-hmm. so that you know like by the end of the movie whenever Z is off doing his thing she's actually off doing her thing and saving like helping save the colony as well yeah so it's not just like that she's some supporting female character uh she's actually like a, a voice in the movie which i thought was was refreshing um so i really yeah. liked both of the characters 
Um, I think that ants in general tried to have more complex and rich characters and just kind of failed because they had too much they were trying to do in 90 yeah. minutes in a kid's movie. Um, whereas Bugs Life, like maybe the characters are slightly more stereotyped and a little bit more tropey, but solid and still like respectable, respectable characters. Yeah, I felt that um, the trade-off that Ants did to um, actually give Bala and Z time after he kidnapped her. Um, Which was to actually, ridiculous. Like, yeah. Uh, to actually like get to know each other mm-hmm. was... It did serve their purpose a little bit better. So I felt as though Ants did a good job of, of explaining their relationship better than a bug's life did so that way by the end you were like okay it might actually make sense for them to be in love Mm -hmm. um even though again 90 minutes a thousand other subplots etc a bug's life i think did a better job of showing the princess in a leadership role um Mm -hmm. the the moment that stuck out to me was after flick tells his idea about the bird to the um to the circus bugs Mm -hmm. and they're like okay we'll do this then it showed them telling uh princess atta the idea and then she ended up being the one who explained it to the entire colony they didn't pull what some movies will do whenever a lower male character comes into a space that is led by a female character where they'll just inexplicably have the male character explain their idea and like and and have them lead the effort princess ada legitimately made the 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 bird a reality like she was the leader there at least mm-hmm. how i was interpreting it um and i thought that was that was nice and those were kind of two different directions that 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 they went based on decisions that they made when making those two movies one was to have a, a more meaningful relationship with the protagonist and the other was to have a more rounded leader character mm-hmm. um, and i think that that was good that was good that they both seemed to have conscious decisions behind both of those differences yeah um, that's a really great way to put it um and I think highlights another maybe less obvious difference about the mm-hmm. two movies, which is that Ants is very much about like Z yeah. and and his his journey, whereas a Bug's Life is a lot more about the entire colony. Um, yeah. And I say that because, like, the camera doesn't just follow Flick throughout all of Bug's life. It bounces around between him and the circus and the circus mm-hmm. bugs and Ada and her problems and Dot and her problems and Hopper and his whole gang. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, th- I felt like Ants was a little bit more uh, bouncing back and forth between Z and his thing back to Villain and what Villain is doing to keep the story moving. And then we're going to go back to Z and his thing and just like one, two, one, two. Um, I don't know if you saw the same thing. 
Yeah, the only other things that uh, Ants had was um, Weaver and his new girlfriend, like, occasionally uh, popping in. Yeah, um, that's and true. That, that was just to make it so that way it wasn't literally, like, jumping between the two characters. They had to have a third thing to to make it not insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Which... If they were trying to cram as much into ants as they were, it makes sense why they would do it that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they wanted to try to give them depth. Whether or not they succeeded, like we said. Yeah. Maybe not. What did you think about uh the other, I guess, main characters of these movies, Z and Flick? Um I, I, I feel as though it's really hard for me to divorce any of my negative feelings about Ants from Z, mm-hmm. him because of how central he was um, and because of how how much of his personality contributed to the cringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Something to, to, to kind of illustrate what I mean by that for the listeners very often his social anxiety and his um and his personality tendencies to to be independent were always at odds with his situation being in an ant colony with millions of ants you know um they set the tone very early on by having him talking to his aunt psychiatrist <laughs> yeah which now that you say out loud sounds insane, um, but it, it's in there when he introduces the idea of him getting really anxious about the fact that he is surrounded by so many other ants all the time, and that he's in enclosed spaces, and that he feels insignificant. But his psychiatrist is telling him that it's okay to feel insignificant because you are. Yeah. <laughs> um. All of that anxiety showed everywhere. His interactions were awkward. Um, His choices were often antisocial. And his jokes were, like I can do sometimes, um, there to uh, cope, not cope, but like compensate for him being in a situation that he really didn't want to be in and wasn't equipped to be in. Mm-hmm. Flick was at least he was at least easier for me to deal with. Um, he still had his own problems. He you have to have some problems being a being a, a protagonist. You have to actually grow. Um, his issues being that he was basically ADHD. Like right? <laughs> <laughs> um, he uh-huh. he. Wanted to try out his new zany inventions all the time, which, you know, it's cool to have new zany inventions. But when the grasshoppers are going to come in and squish your face, if you don't do the thing, you should do the thing like you should you should get their food for them. That's what a normal ant would do. Um, So he did have his own problems, but he was a lot easier for me to go to, like, watch without cringing. Um with and i thought he felt better Mm. did did 
did you also get hung up on Z's various psychosis, psychoses, psychosises? Psychosis? Psychiatries? Psychiatries? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, I think it's an important thing to point out that the the character motivations for these two ants are on the surface kind of the same but i think are very different in reality when when you examine them um z is he's got like this existential angst he doesn't just want to be one of a million he, yeah. he wants to be special and, like, outside of the society that he's part of. And he wants to, like, find meaning in life. He, he struggles with a lot of things that, like, that people tend to struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I think by the end of the movie, doesn't really find a great answer to that struggle. Like, he finds love. Uh, but it's only kind of, like, implied that his relationship with the princess is the answer to his problems it never like comes full circle and addresses like okay now i feel really really good about being special he does say something along the lines of like well you know i just changed i just changed society to make it better for me um yeah which is completely unrealistic in terms of like a moral of the story like If you're feeling left out, kids, just change everybody else to be like just you. Lead a social revolution. Exactly. Um, I think that's like the phrase they use is, is, you know, classic boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, boy leads a social revolution yeah, story, yeah. Oh, like, which is so uh, cringy. You uh, made me, you made me shudder just you saying that again. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with Flick. Flick already knows that he's not like the other ants. Uh, That doesn't cause him to despair. He just wants other people or other ants to recognize him as being valuable. He wants to be part of his society and be, be valued by the other people around him and be affirmed and feel like he's contributing. And so that's why he's like constantly working so hard on all these inventions is He's trying to find the way to express who he is in a way that's mm-hmm. valuable to other people, which is mm-hmm. is totally different. Um, it, uh, on the outside, it kind of might look the same, but I think Flick Flick knows he's different and and wants to wants to be seen and wants to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Z is already seen and accepted in his society, but he wants to be different. Um, so it's kind of like different sides of a coin that I think, I think for, for storytelling, it's much easier to tell the story of a person or of an ant like Flick, uh, because there's, there's like concrete steps to maybe resolve those feelings. Whereas like Z, those are much more mm, like ethereal type existential issues that don't have an answer. Yeah. For for Z it's almost like he doesn't actually know what his goal is. He just knows what his anxiety is. Yeah. 
Um, whereas Flick at least, or yeah, Flick at least knows that I want to be a part of my society. Um, I want to actually be useful. Would it be um, improper to simplify it by saying that Z um, was antisocial and Flick was pro-social or, or like that's where they wanted to be or is or is that where the whole existential um anxiety comes in with z that you were saying i think the way that you you just said it before that is is the the best simplification which is that gotcha. z knows what he doesn't want and flick knows what he does want Okay, okay, yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. Totes agree. And I don't think that the movie really explored Z's uh, discovery of what he does want any further than a pretty girl at a bar asked him to dance. And then suddenly, like, all of his motivations are about that pretty girl. Yeah, which is, I guess pretty realistic for for some people that you're a lot of people don't know what they want Mm -hmm. but they know that something is wrong Mm -hmm. and you can hear all time and time again how they just like they 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 just change something about the way that they do something and they meet new people and they're like everything has changed everything is new everything is better um right but they never set what the at the beginning what their problem was. Interesting. Who knew that the smallest of God's creatures could teach us about ourselves? About the largest of God's curses. <laughs> In the case of Z, he is the smallest of God's curses. <laughs> a, a true blight on humanity. Yeah. And oh, so man. the difficulty with expressing um, these complex feelings that Z was having ties back to the difficulty with telling a coherent story altogether, right? Especially in the context of a children's movie. Uh, yes, I have to keep reminding myself that that was the point. <laughs> like, the fact that the villain of the children's movie was literally Hitler. <laughs> God. No, you're right. You're he right. had some very complicated things going on. Like, he was sending all of the soldiers who were loyal to the queen off to die in battle and, like, commissioning a giant public works project that would actually be the doom of all of those who worked on it, and, like, trying to cleanse the social order of the weak, and, like, (laughs) imprison and Stockholm Syndrome a new wife that he was going to use to rebuild a better, stronger race. Like... (laughs) It was a lot, yeah. It was a lot going on. And there were some pretty explicit moments... Where Mandible was like, you see what individuality does. Individuality mm-hmm. is evil. I am the only one that's allowed to think for everybody. You know? So just stick with what yeah. I'm going to say, because I'm always right. It's like, wow. 
this 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 had me had me thinking just now. Is there a way to tell this same story in a way that's as good as a bug's life was? Like, could mm. they have changed something they were executing on to to make these ideas easier to process in a ninety minute children's movie, or is just the medium all wrong? Like, were they just aiming for the wrong thing when they made this movie? I don't think in concept it's wrong. Um, I think that the execution gets jumbled. So I think the two big things they could have done to improve Ants were, one, have a clear story arc. Like, have mm-hmm. a a beginning, an initial conflict, a rising action, a falling action, and a resolution. Like, and have that take place over the course of the movie, not, like, staccato mm-hmm. and, like, in the last 30 seconds of the movie, have everything get resolved. Um, yeah. So that's one thing that they could do. The other thing that they should have done, in my opinion, was cut about half of the stuff that they tried to do from the movie. Um, yeah. So, like, the supporting cast was incredibly weak. Outside of of Cutter was probably only Cutter and uh, and Z's friend were probably the only essential supporting characters. Um, Weaver, Weaver, yeah. Like the whole thing with the the bees was ridiculous <laughs> and disgusting and so cringy. Um, yes, the the like hippie stoner group. Insectopia was like completely unnecessary. Um, the the Black Vietnam War veteran scene where Z is going into battle and like getting get this advice and their song and uh, uh, all of it like just cut all of that like, simplify 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 like make a story that works and then add some richness to it rather than what i feel like i feel like so much of of ants is what if this happened next style Mm -hmm. story writing like okay then well now z's got to figure out how he's going to go meet the princess again so you know i guess well the way he would do that is by swapping place with his buddy but what he didn't know is he's going to go to war, oh, but he's got to survive the war. But when he does that, he's going to be found out. So now he's got to kidnap the princess. It's like, stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's actually kind of interesting. I, I hadn't, I hadn't, had, what did you call that? The what about, what about writing or what if writing? Like what happens next? What happens next writing? Yeah. Is that something that um that crops up in other places that you've seen? Like are there other other movies or other books where you've seen the them just kind of take that chain too far? Like start with cool premise, what if this happened? Then what if this happened? And then they lose track of the overall story arc. Yeah, I think that that's something that a lot of people fall prey to who are like creatively writing for the first time or, or mm-hmm. relatively new to creatively writing is mm. thinking they have to go in order of the story. 
and thinking that like the story needs to have like twists and turns at every moment when really it doesn't um i think especially Mm -hmm. for like a movie and and this is slightly different in just straight up writing because some authors will say like start at the most interesting point and just write from there um Mm -hmm. but even then like i don't think it's a requirement that you write linearly I think you should always be writing about what is the most interesting and and if that fits into a good story structure then great and if it doesn't you know move on to the next project but I think with mm-hmm. a movie especially it's very important to define the beats that you're trying to hit because a movie has mm-hmm. has a definite time frame it's got to have a good rhythm to the story it's got to build tension um it's got to release that tension like so you can't just keep whipping back and forth between crazy thing happens to implausible resolution to that implausible resolution causes this other crazy thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And then like you just throw in all these side characters because if you didn't, it would just literally be 60 pages of these two ants talking to one another. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see. It's a uh, whenever you were talking about how um, you don't always have to have twists and turns happen, that comes back down to like emotional uh, energy management, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't blow full steam to try to to try to get to the ending faster. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to slow down. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think the other thing that, like, you shouldn't do when you're writing a story is, and and I assume this was what happened with Ants, just because of, like, how it turned out, was I think (laughs) they defined the themes of the story before they wrote the actual story. Yeah. Uh, And what I mean by that is I think they sat down and said, we're going to make a movie about individualism versus collectivism and it's going to play out through this one ant mm-hmm. and then like everything they did was to to force that theme um rather than just telling the story of the ant and then seeing what themes came out of doing that and trying to figure out okay we've got you know these three themes that actually showed up from from our screenplay which do we emphasize Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, for for having a a main character as wordy as Z, I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if that's what ended up happening. They tried to make him like a platform for their message, right? Which I was just now looking over, and I went to Wiki Quote, and I kid you not, the very first quote from Z is about. 500 words long oh my god (laughs) what is it what is the quote about uh let me get an idea what's going on oh they even have the the woody allen pauses where he said i about five times Uh um (laughs) all my life i've lived and worked in the big city which now that i think of it is kind of a problem since i always feel uncomfortable around crowds I mean it. I I have this fear of enclosed spaces. I I I 
everything makes me feel trapped all the time. You <laughs> point is, is that they were trying to, aside from, this is like his first soliloquy where he's talking about how like he feels insignificant and he hates being in crowds and all that kind of stuff. Woe mm-hmm. is me. Um, he just took, they just put a lot of energy into trying to say that was my point. Yeah. And this goes back to what we said in the episode on Leviathan Wakes and is like, I cannot tell you how many more times true. It's not doubly true. It's not triply. It's like infinitely times true in a movie that you need to show me. Do not tell me like show me that he's having these problems with society. Like give me scenes where he's anxious and where he's messing up in crowds and like make me feel empathetic for him rather than this 500 word onslaught at the start of the movie where yeah. he's just telling you like, oh, I'm so anxious about all this. I'm such a rugged individual that I can't live in society. So should they have done something like with Flick where Flick outright at the beginning breaks something accidentally before your very eyes and he doesn't say everybody get ready i'm about to screw up yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it doesn't start with a monologue of flick going i've always been an inventor since i was young i've always loved inventing but every one of my inventions seems to go wrong for some reason in the worst way possible and all i'm trying to do is validate myself and my existence to my clan through these inventions but it never works out they just show you that and it's funny and it introduces characters and it links characters together it creates these bonds between characters that wouldn't have otherwise existed it's it's how you should write a movie (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly yeah man but, just you know, thinking about this again has just sucked the energy straight out of me. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I can't, I can't fault the ants people. You know, I, I'm always going to be very critical on this show. Uh, yeah, probably to some sort of ironic extent that, <laughs> that we're f- things up that we don't even know about and that we could be doing better. Um, but to the credit of the ants people, you know, they didn't have a ton of time. It was yeah. probably a revenge project like yes. it, i imagine it was a very stressful environment working at a company that was just acquired for the express purpose of churning this movie out and then getting your deadline shortened by six months so there's some creative constraints here yeah absolutely like, and every once in a while that's going to turn out as frozen and probably the rest of the time that's going to turn out as ants <laughs> Did something happen with the production of Frozen? I don't, yeah, I just their, don't know. Their production cycle was accelerated by like four or six months. Oh, wow. Um, and and they, they like. They did okay. They, I think, rewrote the story like two months before <gasps> things were really supposed to like be ready for release. Like they completely scrapped the movie and did it over. Because they, they just weren't Destiny, happy. But it, they pulled a Destiny, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I wonder if there was some degree of institutional support that also made that happen. Mm, totally possible. Like, like Disney swims in money 
they mm-hmm. they rub their bodies with with dollar bills mm-hmm. when they when they're just in their free time. Yep. Does does that give does that change how you produce a movie as an executive? If if your team comes to you and says we really need to change this, do they then go, "Okay, I will make I will give you this media coverage so that way you don't have to worry about like having to explain your differences or I'll get you these resources so that way you can make it happen. Um, is, is that something that could have played a role there? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's uh, the frozen circumstances are very different than yeah. the, the ants ones, you know, it's a mature studio. It's they're They're reworking it. Not because, they need the money to survive, but because they're just really unhappy with how it's turning out. Whereas yeah. the the whole ants thing is like there's there is a real sense of urgency, I think, at that point in time in computer mm-hmm. animated film, uh, because you know the only <clears throat> one that existed before was Toy Story. So yeah. Like there's a there's a need to establish yourself in that arena if you're ever gonna be a player in it. I feel like yeah. I wonder what do you think would have happened? Like, let's say Bugs Life came out first and Ants came out later. What do you think DreamWorks would be like today? Honestly, they might not be here today. In all honesty, it must have really sucked for the people who are making it at the time that they that they ended up putting out what they might not have really liked. But they went on the same studio went on to make Shrek. Um they went on to do How to Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, they Kung actually Fu Panda. produced Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, they make they make actual good stuff now. But it could have been because they were a new studio, they needed something to work so that way, when the money came in, they could put it to the right place. They could learn institutionally how to make good movies, and they could be a real player in the animation. Um, field so it could be could be what happened with all of this like with our opinions on ants and a bug's life I I stated earlier in the show that my thoughts on why ants was so well received is that it came out just before a bug's life so people didn't have that point of comparison yet yeah why do you think ants was so highly rated and why do you think it's still so highly rated even higher than a bug's life on many of the review sites um the only thing that can't that comes to mind is that at least some people can see past the cringe and it does have at least some lofty themes that people can think about. Um, <clears throat> and it is still a an exhilarating ride at times, especially while they're out looking for insectopia and being in danger and all of that stuff. Um, so there are positive qualities to it. I think it mm-hmm. really depends on who was watching the movie and who was reviewing the movie. So 
our feelings, although people might think the same things, our feelings might not be universal. Mm-hmm. Maybe do you think there's a a bit stronger of a Leviathan Wakes effect going on here where the presentation maybe overshadowed the story for us a little too much? And maybe for other people, they're able to look at the the raw facts of what happened and think about those more deeply or appreciate them more deeply. I think it's possible. I do find it difficult though, for me to see that because Mm -hmm. most, a lot of the times when, when we're talking about a book or a movie or a video game or what have you, you can speak to the, um, to the details about something and say why you why you think this is good or why you think this was bad um you're able to critique it i guess more thoroughly than i usually do i usually have opinions on something based on my experience at the time of it Mm -hmm. and for ants it was especially uncomfortable to watch Mm. And I would just imagine that anybody else who wasn't looking at it very critically would also feel it as being I like really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if you're thinking about it, you are more likely to see positive aspects of it. But when you're just watching it like I did, I think that you're going to find it to be more uncomfortable, especially mm. as an adult. Um watching it in 2018 did did i i actually i might have trailed off slightly did i answer your question yeah yeah you really did um something that i didn't think about uh before asking that question as well was looking at rotten tomatoes Mm -hmm. the score that google will show you for rotten tomatoes is the critical review yeah score which i think is like a period uh like that that comes from the time that the show came out so for ants is 94 percent critical review uh bugs life is 92 percent however the audience score for ants is 52 percent whereas bugs life is 72 percent um so I think that Go ahead. is more in line with like what we're saying here that that maybe maybe it was because Ants came out two months before A Bug's Life that it was able to impress critics as much as it did. And the fact that Bug's Life still got a 92% meant that it was a really strong movie. Yeah. Um, and not not seen as derivative off of ants. I think that's that's totally plausible explanation for it. Yeah. But we may never know. We can't we, never know. we can't we can't talk to the people who were alive at the time. It was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. It'll just remain a mystery. It's so weird that we had so much less to say for a bug's life and mm-hmm. so much more to talk about with ants 
mm-hmm. even though I think we can agree that we enjoyed a bug's life way more. Yeah. <laughs> there was just so much to unpack. Yeah. There's so many good things with a bug's life. It's hard yeah. to go into all of them. I think it's more entertaining for listeners maybe to pick apart the thing that's worse. <laughs> it's at least certainly the more human tendency. Uh, yeah. But to highlight the things that were good with the bug's life, like we've already said, mm-hmm. they Pixar really understood how to make a a uh, computer-generated movie. Um, they treated it much more like a real movie. They had a better plot structure. They had better animators, higher quality animation, probably a higher animation budget and and uh, render uh, capacity. Um, the the other aspect that we haven't even talked about at all was that Bugs Life came with a Pixar short in front of it that was just incredible. I think it was uh, Gary's Game or Jerry's Game. I don't know how you pronounce his name. It's oh, the chess. Jerry, Jerry's Game was before that? Yep. Oh, that's cool. The chess short, which was just wonderful. Um, all of the all of the things that make Pixar great in their understanding of animation and the fact that it's a kids movie it really is a kids movie that kids mm-hmm. will enjoy but that is still watchable if you're older um, yeah. and doesn't doesn't slouch in many places yeah I actually especially um, liked the, the uh, fake bird that they made which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. I remembered liking it as a kid, but seeing them put it together uh, even um, today was, it was just like a cool montage of showing all of them working together. Uh, and it was just a cool machine that they ended up putting together too. So there was, there was yeah. stuff that I was able to like even today with A Bug's Life. Um, and it was just a more polished story, uh, more, um, better side characters that you could get into mm-hmm. um great villain mm-hmm. this is good. yeah the secondary plots meant something there were yeah. side stories that all had little morals wrapped up within them yeah really really well done good job pixar i hope somebody's told you that by now <laughs> yeah that's the other that's the other part about uh about just talking about how good Pixar movies are um, for for an hour and a half. The people have yeah. done it already. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you thinking on the uh, all important Daniel scale? I'm trying so hard to get away from that stupid scale. I never bring it up. <laughs> but you're going to never let it happening. go away. You're never going <laughs> to let it go. Um, man. It's not looking good for ants. Ants yeah. has got it. It's, ants can be no higher than a four. Okay. Bug's life is probably... Bug's life is probably a six. It's really solid. Yeah. What are you putting yeah. on? Uh, we're, we're pretty close. I, I would put ants at a three. Um, mm-hmm. I actually fell asleep watching ants. Oh no! I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah, too bad. I fell asleep for like twenty minutes <laughs> watching that movie. Um, the reason it gets a three from me is that it wasn't like it takes into account uh, inflation of expectations for for computer movies. So from the period, <laughs> it was probably pretty good. 
Uh, and I think also a six out of seven for a bug's life is very well earned. Quick question. What part of ants did you fall asleep on? I fell asleep right before Vietnam. <laughs> oh, man. And then I woke up after they escaped the ant hill. Here's how I know that they could cut those things. Because when I woke up, the movie still made complete sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say is that. Oh, well, you basically didn't need to see all of that, I guess. <laughs> the only question I had was, like, how did the princess end up with Z? They could have done that a trillion different ways. <laughs> Just accepted it. Yep, I didn't care. Like, they're together. <laughs> wow. Well, let's go ahead and 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 put these two to bed. <laughs> put the you poor to bed, souls. Too. Yeah. Yep. Shall we move on then to see what's in store for us next? I would love to see our future. All right. Let me pull up my notes here and get all of my list out. So, we just did a movie. We did two movies. Two for the price of one. That means... We could do TV, games, or book for the next one. And I've got my six-sided die right here. I'm going to do one or two will be TV. Uh, three or four will be a game. And five or six will be a book. So let's give it a whirl. I rolled a one. TV, TV, TV. TV. What do you think? I forgot what the jokey was, joke answer was. I think it was Black Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> no, it was Blade Runner 2049. That was what the joke was. <laughs> it's uh, it's not Blade, not Blade Runner. Um, TV show, TV show. I'm gonna guess the man in High Castle. Hmm, good guess. It's that's not it. Uh, but it is an interesting, interesting idea. At some point, maybe we'll do that. The show that I have picked out for us is actually relatively new. Um, and. Hopefully it will be a departure from some of these really heavy uh, things that we've done in the past, like Mr. Robot or Gravity or, or some of these more dense Or things. ants. Or ants. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, we just got really deep there. Uh, no, it is on Netflix. It is called Magic for Humans. <laughs> Magic for Humans? Yep, it is a six-episode show. Each episode is about 20 to 25 minutes, uh, so it should be pretty eminently watchable. Um, I've already seen the first few, but I haven't seen the whole thing, so I'm going to continue watching it, and we can have a conversation about it in uh, in two weeks. It's a, it is a magic show. Think of like David Blaine, uh -huh. but much more lighthearted. 
Oh, okay. This is this is I think a first for me. I don't think I had this is the first time where I've never even heard of this. So cool. Okay. This I have no expectations other than that you have said it's a magic show. It is I magical. don't even know. Wowie. Cool. I am prepared. I like magic shows. I actually liked uh Mind Freak. What was that called? Chris Angel? <laughs> Chris Angel, yeah. I liked Chris Angel. I like uh, I liked going to Branson and going to magic shows. I liked I like all that kind of stuff. So it's cool. Great. And we'll see if if it uh, can change up the formula a bit, like yeah. you suggest. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time on a Sunday night to sit down for a few hours and chat. Is it night where you are? I thought that was like a time zone difference, right? It's night now. Oh, it wasn't when we started. Hey, even though even though it was a double feature, one of those features was ants. I really had a lot of fun. <laughs> 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 I can't wait. I can't wait to come back in a couple of weeks and keep keep going forward with magic for humans. I think it'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If you uh enjoyed the show or have anything to say, you can find us on rescast.reddit.com or reddit.com slash r slash rescast depending on how you prefer to do your urls so link up with us there let us know what you thought thank you for your time and have a wonderful rest of whatever the time of day it is for you probably night probably night bye bye